Welcome to the Vineyard Altoona podcast. If you have any questions or just want more information, you can visit our website at vineyardaltuna.org or any of our social media platforms at Vineyard Altoona. And now, here's Evan with the message. What was it that connected with me? And I like stories. How many of you like stories? I mean, okay, every, most people like stories. Some people are like, don't tell me any tales. Don't you tell me any tales. So I have a story for you today, okay? I hope that's okay. Now, here's the thing. Story has pictures, and we don't have, like, a fancy camera that can zoom in. So this is a moment where I'd like to invite, I was going to invite just the kids, but, like, really, if anybody wants to come down and see the pictures, I'm going to be down here reading the story. So I think this is the moment where, if you want to see the pictures, you should just come up closer. So if anybody wants to come up, you're more than welcome to come up. If not, that's fine. I'm going to read my story anyway. So this story is called The Song of the King. Now, I know that sometimes listening to somebody read can put you to sleep. If so, that's okay. Maybe that's what the Lord wants to gift you with today. Otherwise, I hope that you find this story interesting. It means something to me. And I'm going to treat you guys as like my audience. I'm going to show you guys the pictures. I hope that's okay. Yeah, yeah, Mary, and she's like, yeah, I'm coming. Or Dory, I'm sorry. Man, my brain, you know. Okay, here we go. I know, I think. I'm sorry, friends. This one's Nana. Okay. Well, I'm going to show you guys the pictures. I hope that's okay. The Song of the King by Max Lucado. Illustrations by Chuck Gillius. It's published by Crossway. I didn't know if I needed to say that or not for legal reasons. Three knights sat at a table and listened as their prince spoke. My father, the king, will give the hand of my sister to the first of you who can prove himself worthy. The prince paused to let the men take in the news. He looked at their faces, each weathered from miles and scarred from battles. The three had much in common. They were the strongest warriors in the kingdom, and they each wanted to marry the daughter of the king. The king had promised each a chance, a test to see which was worthy of his precious daughter. And now the time for that test had arrived. Can you all see? Probably not, but it's okay. They're at their old banquet table. The test is a journey, the prince explained. A journey to the king's castle by way of hemlock. The forest, one knight quickly inquired. The forest, answered the prince. There was silence as the knights thought about the words. Each felt a stab of fear. They knew the danger of hemlock, a dark and deadly place. Parts of it were so thick with trees that the sunlight never found the ground. It was the home of the Hope Knots, sly, small creatures with yellow eyes. Hope Knots were not strong, but they were clever, and they were many. Some people believed the Hope Knots were lost travelers, changed by the darkness, but no one really knew for sure. I'm going to try the whole read and pictures thing. We'll see how that goes. Will we travel alone? Carlyle spoke. 
a strange question to come from the strongest of the three knights. His fierce sword was known throughout the kingdom. But even this steely soldier knew better than to travel hemlock alone. You may each choose one person to travel with you all the way to the castle, said the prince. But the forest is dark. The trees make the sky black. How will we find the castle? This time, it was Alon who spoke. He was not as strong as Carlisle, but much quicker. He was famous for his speed. Alon left trails of confused enemies. He had escaped them by ducking into trees or scampering over walls. But quickness is worthless if you have no direction. So Alon asked, how can we find the way? Speedy little guy. The prince nodded, reached into his sack, and pulled out an ivory flute. There are only two of these, he explained, this one and another in the possession of the king. He put the instrument to his lips and played a soft, sweet song. Never had the knights heard such soothing music. My father's flute plays the same song. His song will guide you to the castle. How is that? Alan asked. Three times a day, the king will play from the castle, early in the morning, at noon, and again in the evening. Listen for him. Follow his song, and you will find the castle. Prince. There is only one other flute like this? Only one. And you and your father play the same music? Yes. It was Cassidon who was asking. Cassidon was known for his alertness. He saw what others missed. He knew the home of a traveler by the dirt on his boot. He knew the truth of a story by the eyes of the teller. He could tell the size of a marching army by the number of scattered birds in flight. Carlyle and Alon wondered why he asked about the flute. It wouldn't be very long until they found out. Carlyle, think of the birds. Consider the danger of hemlock and wisely choose the one who will be with you on your journey, the prince continued. And so they did. The next morning, the three knights mounted their horses and entered Hemlock. Beside each rode their chosen companion. For the people in the king's castle, the days of waiting passed slowly. All knew of the test, and all wondered which knight would win the privilege of asking the princess for her hand in marriage. Three times a day, the king sent his song soaring into the trees of Hemlock. And three times a day, the people stopped their work to listen. After many days and countless nights, oh, excuse me, and countless songs, a watchman spotted two figures stumbling 
out of the forest. No one could tell who they were. They were too far from the castle. The men had no horses, weapons, or armor. Hurry, the king commanded his guards. Bring them in. Give them medical treatment and food, but don't tell anyone who they are. Dress the knight as a prince, and we will see their faces tonight at the banquet. He then dismissed the crowds and told them to prepare for the feast. The son likes the story. Or is that it's one of the kids? Is it my son? Yeah, that's it. No, no, that was one of them. We're trying to read stories at home. It goes so-so. That evening, a joyful spirit filled the banquet hall. At every table, the people tried to guess which night had survived Hemlock Forest. Finally, the moment came to present the winner. At the king's signal, the people became quiet, and he began to play the flute. Once again, the ivory instrument sang. The people turned to see who would enter. Many thought it would be Carlisle, the strongest. Others felt it would be Alon, the swiftest. But it was neither. The knight who survived the journey was Cassidon, the wisest. He strode quickly across the floor, following the sound of the flute one final time, and bowed before the king. Tell us of your journey, he was instructed, and the people leaned forward to listen. They're celebrating. The hope knots were crafty. Cassidon began. They attacked, but we fought back. They took our horses, but we continued. What nearly destroyed us, though, was something far worse. What was that? asked the princess. They imitated. They imitated? asked the king. Yes, my king, they imitated. Each time the song of your flute would enter the forest, a hundred flutes would begin to play. All around us we heard music, songs from every direction. I do not know what became of Carlisle and Alan, he continued, but I know that strength and speed will not help one hear the right flute. The king asked the question that was on everyone's lips. Then, how did you hear my song? I chose the right companion, he answered, as he motioned for his fellow traveler to enter. The people gasped. I think that's your cue. Perfect. You guys are good. You guys are real good. It was the prince. In his hand, he carried the flute. I knew there was only one who could play your song exactly like you, Cassidon explained. There is no one else I would have trusted to be with me all the way. So I asked him to travel with me. As we journeyed, he played your song. I learned it so well 
that though a thousand false flutes tried to hide your music, I could hear your song above them all. It was with me all the way. And with that, the celebration began. You can clap for that, yeah. Good, good. It also gives me time to come back up here because that was my, okay, you guys can run back to your seats moment, you know. What'd you guys think of that story? Good? You like that one? It's one of my favorites. I want to read to you now from another book. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 John chapter 2 as we continue our Love and Truth series, working through the book of 1 John. And I promise you we're, I have a couple of thoughts here for all of us, and then we'll be on our way. 1 John chapter 2, starting at verse 28. And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink back from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are, The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure." Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. As I studied this passage a little bit and thought about how we all can learn, all of us in different ages, and thinking about the things that resonate at all ages, I was drawn to the song of the king, a story that 
has resonated with me since I was young. And I want to take just a few minutes to connect this passage with this story, Um, but I want to go to the Lord in prayer one more time before I do it. So Holy Spirit, come. God, as we take just a few moments to think together about your word and the stories that we know and love and the things that we know to be true about you. God, would you come and would you be present? Would you be present in me? Would you be present in this room? Would you build each of us up this morning? I pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. How many of y'all have been to summer camp? Raise a hand. Okay, okay, a really solid amount of people. I love it. I am a summer camp fanatic, okay? So that's my wife. There is a place, anybody heard of Pine Springs Camp? Anybody? Anybody? A couple? Okay, cool. Some? Yeah? All right. Pine Springs Camp is where I, like, grew up. It's my happy place. I started going there when I was very little, and every summer I looked forward to my week at camp. It was a Christian summer camp, and it's hard to describe everything that we would do there. Every summer was a little bit different. When I was young, we mostly played games, made crafts, and went swimming, you know, the things that kids love to do. I think a lot of adults love doing those things, too. We just have less time to do them. As I got older, I got to do more of the adventure activities. Anybody like adventure activities? You know, that kind of stuff? Okay, good, yeah. Um, We would do, we'd go climbing, canoeing, mountain bike riding. That one was terrifying for me, but, you know, did it anyway. The activities changed with me as I got older. But although some things were different each year, there were some aspects of camp that stayed the same. Each year, every year, I spent the week surrounded by staff who loved Jesus and did their best to be an example to me. Every year, we spent time digging into Scripture and learning about who God is and what he wants for his people. Every year, I spent the week in Christian community experiencing love, grace, and acceptance. I don't remember every Bible lesson I was ever taught there, but it was there that I first heard this story, the song of the king. And although it wasn't the first place or the only place that I heard the gospel, it's the first place I truly remember hearing the voice of God. Pine Springs Camp, in so many ways, formed me into the person I am today. John, at the beginning of this section we read, or the section we read this morning, urges us to abide in Christ. To abide is to remain stable or fixed in a state, to continue in a place. To abide in Christ is to root ourselves in him, in his word, and in the lifestyle that he has called us to live. Lately, I've been drawn to the word practice when it comes to faith. The way of Jesus isn't just an idea. It's a lifestyle. We must practice our faith. 
We can choose to practice the way of Jesus, or we can choose to practice the way of sin. That is why we do what we do here. It's why we gather every week. It's why we have small groups. It's why we worship. It's why we give That's why we pray. All of it is so that we may practice together living the way of Jesus. Don't be mistaken, friends. We do not live in a neutral society. Just as in the story, there are many voices that would imitate the Creator's voice and seek to draw us away from Jesus. To abide in Christ is to do what Cassidon did and stay close to the Son so that we might know the voice of the Father amidst all of the other voices that would seek to form and shape us. To abide in Christ is to each day spend time in Scripture and prayer. To abide in Christ is to gather every week with other brothers and sisters and together remember who is God above all. To abide in Christ is to practice His way, constantly seeking to lay down our lives for others. As we do these things, as we practice the way of Jesus together, we will find ourselves able to better hear and understand the voice of God to know his will for us and the world, and to find peace and rest in a culture that is being destroyed by its own desires. Most of you know that Abby and I just had a little boy, TJ. He's super cute. And as we raise him at this young age, it's interesting to think about the person that he will become. It's interesting to think about the people and the places that will form and shape him into the man that he will one day become. And I, of course, would love for him to be a Pine Springs camp guy. I'd love for him to be a big Steelers fan. I would like for him to be a Pitt Panther fan. I know some of you might have problems with that, but that's okay. And I would love him to like grilled cheese as much as I do. But above all, I want him to know, to experience and to love God. Kidsmen is becoming personal for me. I understand now in a way that I never have before why we have a dedicated kids ministry. I want my son to hear the stories of Scripture in a way that he can understand. Not just from me, but from others who also follow Jesus. I want him to experience a safe Christian community that builds him up in love and encourages him to follow Jesus for himself. And my hope is that if he is surrounded by those who practice the way of Jesus, then one day he will hear the voice of God just as I did, and he will choose to dedicate his life to Christ as well. Friends, life is a perilous journey, and there are many who would seek to lead us astray into sin. 
But we are invited to become children of God, loved by him, formed and shaped by him, ready to stand before him when he returns. As we close our time together here this morning, I want to invite us to spend some time in the quiet. Because it is in the quiet, before the voices come to distract us, that we really hear the voice of God. Thank you again for choosing the Vineyard Altoona podcast. We're so excited to see how God will release his kingdom in and through you today for the glory of Jesus Christ. With this, be blessed, and we'll see you next time.